finding the properties wasn't hard, but I didn't know what I know now, right? So we do one, finish it, sell it, then go have to go find another one. So we were doing two, maybe three a year to when I joined Mastery, which I got access to money. And now we were doing over, we did eight, nine at a time, which people say, oh, I'd love to do that. Well, no, you don't because you didn't start there. Right. You ended there. Right. Just like with you, you know, people look at you and, oh, I wish I had 200 rentals. It doesn't work that way because you could never manage 200. You have to slowly get to that point and, and build to that point. Welcome to the Cashflow for Life podcast. We believe there are two types of people in this world people that have greater cash flow coming in every single month, or people who have cash flow going out. We believe you need to be the type of person that has cash flow coming in, and that is what this podcast is all about. Our mantra is simple. If you take care of real estate for the first five years, real estate will take care of you for the rest of your life. If you're looking to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Andrew Holmes, a renowned expert in the field, is your guide on this journey. Andrew is the driving force behind National RE Invest, the largest real estate investors association in the United States. Together, we're here to help you build wealth and create more cash flow in your life. Let's get into the show. Today, I had the pleasure of sitting down with a remarkable duo, George and Tina, a dynamic married couple whose journey through real estate is nothing short of inspiring. Tina, once a paralegal, and George, who began his career flipping houses and eventually became a seasoned home inspector. Join us to delve into their incredible evolution within the realm of real estate investment. In this conversation, they pull back the curtain on their shift from individual business pursuits to the collaborative endeavor of establishing and growing a prosperous real estate enterprise. Together, they share insights on the transformational journey they undertook from the nuances of property flipping and the intricacies of rental management to the hurdles they faced, including the challenges of contractor management and scaling their operations. You'll learn firsthand about their strategic pivot away from flipping properties for one-time profits to a deliberate focus on generating consistent cash flow through rentals. George and Tina offer wisdom on the art of property selection and management, emphasizing the significance of seeking high cash flow properties while sidestepping the complexities of certain layouts. Moreover, they underline the immense value they've found in being active members of the real estate community, where they've exchanged experiences and knowledge with like-minded individuals. Throughout our conversation, they stress the importance of honing expertise in a specific real estate niche before venturing into new territories. Get ready to be inspired by George and Tina's journey and gain actionable insights that can transform your approach to real estate investment. Join us for a discussion that promises to elevate your understanding of real estate as a robust and dynamic business endeavor. So guys, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So let's just jump into it. When we met, what were you guys doing individually? Obviously, uh, you guys are uh, married, but what were you guys doing individually in your businesses? So I was a paralegal downtown. Got it. And I've been doing that for many years. I was very sick of it. Glad to not be doing it anymore. (laughs) Okay. And I was, uh, I did, I was actually, actually flipping when I met you for probably six years prior to meeting you. And I had just started a home inspection business, which now we uh, now we've transitioned from flipping to rentals. 
And then we went back to flipping, and now I'm sick of flipping because that's a job, right? Okay. So, so let's kind of – you guys had been doing not just like normal fix and flips. You were doing beautiful properties, right? I mean, in the Chicago, south, south, southwest suburbs, you guys were doing properties that in the local magazines that put on the front – that look at the beautiful flip uh, these guys did, correct? Yeah, we don't we don't do that anymore. You don't do no. that anymore. Okay, but let's. <laughs> Not we, that you know, good. But generally, whenever most people, right, if they've never been in the business, right, an outside person looks into the business, they look at an HGTV show, they look at something they see on YouTube. Oh my God, we took a absolute disaster and made it into a fabulous house in forty-five right? days. Yeah, in forty-five <laughs> days, right? So let's talk about the reality because. Turning a house into a beautiful, stunning home is very different than running a business of buying a property, rehabbing a property, and actually making money with it, right? Because we right. always go back to, it's all about cash flow, right? We're in this business, why? You need to make money in this business and hopefully turn that into long-term cash flow, right? So what was happening, it's not like you guys weren't making money. You were making money, right? What was happening in the business? What were the ups and downs that you experienced at that time? Contractors. Okay. Um, well, flipping is hard. I mean, it's really hard. So is it hard in terms of finding the property? Is it hard controlling uh, the budget? Is it overdoing some of the things? Well, I think oh. you put in as much time on flipping as you will if you're going to do a rental rehab or whatever. But the difference is the flip is gone. And so there was a whole lot of energy for not a lot of continuous return. Continuous return. Yeah. Okay. But, the you know, it's finding the properties wasn't hard. Right, you know, but I didn't know what I know now, right? So we do one, finish it, sell it, then go have to go find another one. So we were doing two, maybe three a year to when I joined Mastery, which I got uh, access to money. And now we were doing over, we did eight, nine at a time, which people say, oh, I'd love to do that. Well, no, you don't because you didn't start there. Right. You ended there. Right. Just like with you, you know, people look at you and, oh, I wish I had 200 rentals. It, it doesn't work that way because you could never manage 200. You have to slowly get to that point Building. And, and build to that point. Right. I you have to scale up. Right. right. So and wanna, we learned how to scale up. Right. Through so I want to go back and kind of talk about some of the pain points. Right. Flippers go through this, which is they'll buy a property and they'll buy a property, which they think they can do turn it into a Taj Mahal, right? They do turn it into a Taj Mahal. Yet when they look at the amount of time it took, the amount of money they spent in relation to that, even though from the outside, they're like, oh my God, George just did a flip, made 60,000 bucks. They don't hear the rest of the story as to how long it took, what it took, right? How many years of George's life it took to get to that 50,000 and then can you repeat it at scale? Right. Did you guys experience some of those things early on? Absolutely. Because, you know, they would look at it as it took six months typically to buy it, rehab it, sell it. And you make 30 grand. Right. Right. Oh, man, you made 30 grand. Well, I'm sorry if you do two of those a year. Right. You know, if you don't, if you're making $60,000 a year. Right. That's a heck of a lot of work. Right. Uh, to make, to make that, that's, that's peanuts, right? right? So how do we change that, right? right? So the only way to change that, because, I mean, before COVID happened, that was our average right. flip, right? Uh, well, then, naturally, the prices went crazy. But you do it in scale, right? right? You do it in volume. And you teach. You don't do two. 
flips, keep one, right? And and I urge people to do that because we don't worry now, right? We don't worry if somebody's going to pay the rent because if you don't have any money, you have no reserves. Right. That's the dumbest thing you can do, in my opinion, is to have rentals, right? right? Because you, you're going to get a bad tenant sooner or later. You're going to have a problem with the house sooner or later. And if you have no money, you're going to lose the house. Right. A little reserve is definitely... Right. Needed it definitely it helps. helps. So it can be done without it, but it's right. it's scary without it's it. You know. Yeah. So when you guys showed up, right? You show up at this uh, three day event mm-hmm. that we do called the three day, right? Initially, like we all have been exposed to something, go to somewhere. We are all skeptics, right? Initially, you're like, man, I want to hear this BS, right? I already know this. What is this trying to pitch? Was there some of that, uh, George, at that time, or was there some of that from your end? Because it's good to be. You know, I say it all the time. It's good to be skeptical. It just doesn't help you if you're very cynical all throughout your life. Right. Was there some of that initially? Yes. I was scared. I was skeptical. So I remember like during the three-day, I think I made all of you talk to me individually in individual rooms. I wanted to look everybody in the eye. I wanted absolute certainty that what you were telling me was truthful, it was honest, that it's working for the people, that these people were not being paid to say this. Like, I actually, I wanted, I wanted people to look me in the eye and say that. And I remember talking to Raul, I talked to you, I talked to several people, you know, in that. And, you know, I was like, it, it took, it took a minute for me to, because, you know, before when I met him, he had already gone through a lot of like these fluffy classes and stuff. And I was just like, I just got done. Like, it was like just a few months before that. I remember going through like a bookshelf and I just threw out all of this garbage, all of these binders and all of this crap that was like, I, as I'm reading through it, I'm like, this is all fluff. This is all like, this is because all. you were a Peter legal. Right. I mean, I'm, you, I'm a, yeah. yeah, I'm like, like, yeah, I know how to I know how to research anything. It right. was all fluff. It was all garbage. Well, I didn't really he had been following you for about a year before I even came before I even sure. before he even introduced right. me to the whole thing, because I had just thrown away all of these binders. I Lord mean, was taking bets that she, that we were going to cancel the next day. He was <laughs> I remember looking in, our, you know, when I was going through all of that stuff. Some of those classes he paid, you know, quite a bit of money for, you know, sure. a few thousand dollars or whatever. And there's a binder and I'll throw it in the garbage. And he goes, well, can't you just at least sell it on eBay? And I'm like, what am I going to get for it? $20? And I was just like, get rid of it all. So then he brings me to this three-day that I had, uh, this was news to me. Like, I really was not the one following you. He was, but it was like for a year. So he brings me to this. And I'm listening to you and I'm like, and I, I loved what I was hearing. And I'm like, I, I like it, but I'm like, I need everybody to talk to me individually. Sure. And then you guys did. Um, but then it was funny because you guys actually, the, and it's so, it was kind of ironic because like when you leave from there, there's like that binder mm-hmm. thing. And I was just like, another, no, 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 another no, no, binder, no. Right? <laughs> like not, okay. that freaking, not that binder. And so, um, but then that binder like really had nothing to do with anything that like we learned right. or anything. So it was like, you know, you were actually offering the I don't think we ever even it. opened. We never even opened right. it. Yeah, it was like I we think went you to just the... had them and gave them away. Right? Yeah, no, no, we, like, we, you know, it's a feel-good factor, right? Because a lot of times it's psychological. It's really nothing. Like you uh, have something. To you have something class. to hold on yeah, to. It's, like it's, is, all of us. And are, for somebody who's never seen sure, any of those binders, sure. you know, I was just right. like, well, then we when we actually joined, then I, it was like it was such a relief to me to go through like the classes and everything, and to like get to know everybody, and to realize that. This is this actually does it is what it, it is what you portray it to be. Right. It works. And then the we filled out the LPN, right? And oh, that was and, funny. Uh, 
I think. So hold on, we gotta explain to the audience what is the LPN. Oh, so oh. at the three day, we make everybody fill out a form. We call it LPN, which is lifestyle property number, right? And what the idea behind that is this: that if you're gonna spend, let's just say your monthly spending is five thousand a month, right? I'm picking just a number. Then you need to have approximately ten properties, right? If each property gives you about five hundred bucks in cash flow, then your LPN is gonna be about ten. And for most people, it comes somewhere between 12 and 18 properties eventually, right? Uh, unless, and we'll talk about your properties. Because, so th did that exercise make sense, at least in theory at that time? To him it did. Well, it, it was like, well, I'm not just going to do it simple, right? I want right. to live extravagant. So sure. we upped it. So I think our number was 20. 12. No, on the LPM was like 12 or 13. Really? 12 or 13. Okay. Yeah. But it, Paid and, off properties. Right. right. And and she thought we were all nuts. You know, well, she was happy if we just got two. So right. at the time, like we were flipping and making some money off of flipping. So it right. was like, wait, but you know, just a couple. And it was like, it was, it was working. We were making money off of it. I didn't really understand the whole concept of rental properties and like the, you know, how that was all going to work. So to me, I was like, I thought, well, I'll be happy if we have like one or two. Right. One or two. That was like, I, I would have been like, okay, that's good. Well, I'm looking at his number and I'm like 20 and I'm like, George, like just put, just put yeah, one or two. Put, well, let's be even, realistic. I don't even and think he's I like, started, no. I don't even think we started at 20. I think we started at 10. Right. Yeah, maybe. But then right in my first six months, we had like five. Right. So I was like, well, that's just not high. And enough. then I got really excited. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, we, we could actually reach this goal. So right. it was like, it just, the mo that momentum built. Yeah. So my skeptic, excitement of it. I was skeptical about how I could buy these money with no money in the, in the deal. Right. So I was like, yeah. that's a bunch of crap. Right. Right. Because I mean, your, your mind goes to 20% down, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I'm like, I don't, because the reason I joined I didn't need help with the rehabbing. I didn't right. need help with the area analysis because I knew my areas very well. Where I needed help was how the hell did you buy, oh, can I say that, 200 properties in 10 years. That, right. I don't care if you have a gazillion dollars, you just right. run out of money. So right. so that's why I was, that's what I was interested the scaling in. Part. The scaling so part. How do you do so it? So we started with 30000 in an account. I said, right. I'm just going to see. Right. right. So our first four, I put it in, once they were all refied out, it, it might have been a little less, a little more, I don't know. But I was like, we have four free houses. Right. Right? So I was like, this works. So let's talk and through And that doesn't your, always happen. Though. Right. No, let, let's talk through one of your properties, right? Okay. You're generally buying properties in what we would call uh, B2B minus areas, yeah. generally. Or right? C. Or C, C, C plus, B, C. right? But yeah. these are areas that are pretty safe. Right, generally good quality areas. Right, he feels areas. confident that he could send me to collect the rent if necessary. Okay, and good. He's not that's, concerned that's about my, my litmus safety. test. Is right. if I had to send her, or my daughter. Not right. that we go pick up rent, but that's kind of the way we judge an area. Sure, makes sense. Now, I just bought one, and I don't know if the the jury's still out on the area, but we'll we'll see. Okay, so basically, number one, you're buying properties that need work, right? Mm -hmm. So you're buying them at a pretty heavy discount. Then you're buying those with private money, correct? Yep. Hard money or hard money, money or private both, money, both. both. Okay. Or, yeah, because so, we used to works. use our money. Okay. But I try not to do that anymore. Okay, got it. So you're using either hard money or private money uh, on the front end. So you keep your money out of pocket as low as possible. Correct. Right. And then you're rehabbing the property. So, for example, let's just take say a couple of your first properties. Right. Okay. What do you say? What would you say you bought those for? 
Well, the first one we bought from you right. was the Matson one. I think sure. we paid what sixty-two or sixty-five. Six, sixty-two thousand. Yeah. Okay. And then we put twenty in it. Okay. Um, we did that with uh, Chicago funding. Right. Um, and this is something that I want to say because a lot of people think that they get stuck. So, so when we did the, they do an appraisal. What the hard money comes out, they sure. do the appraisal. And, and they're basing it on what you're going to do in ARB, right? When it's finished, and it was supposed to be around 110,000, so you would have no money stuck in the deal. Sure. So I did a, uh, a personal uh, refi, and the personal refi, I had the appraiser come out, and this was just a regular bank, right? And she appraised it at 80, and I'm like, well, shit. We would have had a lot. <laughs> we have 20, 25,000 stuck in the deal, right? Right. And, I, and for a week, I'm like mad. I mean, right. I'm really mad. You're and like, oh, my uh, God, this doesn't work. Yeah. Right. You were like, wait, something yeah. just went wrong so, here. Yeah. Drastically so wrong. I, I ripped up the appraisal, threw it in the garbage, and went to a different bank. And it appraised for 122 Sure. Right? What so a huge difference. That, that was, so we had no money stuck in the deal. And then, you know, fast forward to now. And then we've done. Now I've had a couple mishaps, right? Sure. Where one, I was bought at a wholesale property with 20 investors standing there i had to make a 30 second decision right. i had fifteen thousand stuck in that one but you know i don't ever advocate that rookies so, buy wholesale properties overall like if we look at it right right now you said you have another two in the pipeline now but right now how many properties do you have 10 counting those two 10 counting those, just, two. those two just so, aren't done yet sure you're working on those yes. they're in pipeline so with those two 10 performing properties Right. What does your net cash flow look like a month? Well, there's eight performing properties. Sure, sure. Right no, now. but I mean, well, I'm well, just giving you credit for two that yeah. you'll have those performing well, yeah. on an average. I think you knew what the rent was sure. in that certain town. So it was uh, so if it's that and the other one, we right. should be at about seventy five net. $7,500 net after expenses, right? And this is important for the audience, everybody listening to realize that when we're talking about numbers, guys, we're not talking about gross numbers on properties. We're talking about after your PITI, any related expenses, and what is your net lease, right? Also something you guys do kind of unique, which uh, we all, like I'm a huge proponent of that, which is we don't do year leases, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we do two-year, three-year leases. Uh, that whole idea of number one, you're going to, you guys live in a beautiful, massive house, right? Uh, you guys love to have friends over all the time. So you guys are not the type of people that it's like, okay, every penny I'm going to save. You want to live a good quality of life. That's just who you guys are, right? right? You've always been that way. So you're living a good quality of life throughout this, but yet you're stalking away for your financial future well, and for your kids. Well, we and don't, we don't live off of the we don't touch. We don't touch our rentals. We're listening to you. We've yeah. said if you we take care of real estate for five years, real estate will take care of you for the rest of your life. That is how we live. Right. So, no, and, and, <laughs> so we don't touch our rent right. money. We don't touch our, and, and by doing that, and so I wanted to have a cushion, right? So our my number, my magic number, and I don't know why it came up, but 25,000, that's my base, right? right? So that way, if I have a major problem or a few people don't want to pay me or whatever. Sure. So anything above and beyond that, we've been throwing all that money towards one mortgage now. Right. So we only owe, I think, 35000 on one property now. Right. And then once that's paid off, then we're going to jump to our next either high. I think we're going to start hitting our highest interest payments next. And I mean, the whole goal is to try to get all these things paid off, right? Sure. Where we're struggling right now, 
like I told you before, we were doing it kind of like a hobby. Now we did a spreadsheet. So we sent all of our properties to Kensington now, right? right. And that's the name of the company. And they're fighting for, for taxes. For now. tax reduction. Right. Sure. Yeah. Property and, tax reduction. Because, I mean, we're getting killed in Hazelcrest right now. Sure. I mean, they were started out 6000 Now they're like 8000 So that right. really eats into your cash flow. But so. our cash flow, even with that, even with that account, you know, accounting to that, it's still really good yeah, for right. each property like we're we're not under five so we were trying to do that and then we're trying to get our, our looking at our insurance you know that we're paying for rental properties because it seems like uh, everybody's complaining so maybe it's just across the board that insurance is going up but so we're trying to look into that too because now we're going to treat it more like a, a business so and as being a business one of the things that has helped a lot which he's touching on is you know like collecting the rent like i started doing it through there's def- different software programs but when I actually started using the program, I started using apartments.com and sure. I love it. So it's like, it's all tracked in there. My leases are done through there. The addendums are attached onto there. Raul gave me, I called Raul, at, you know, after we had so many properties and I'm like, I can't keep, I can't keep track of like where the mortgage companies are. Sure. It started getting like, oh my gosh. And he gave me a spreadsheet to use, which sure. has been, you know, very helpful. So now I have like every, all of the properties listed with the spreadsheets, with taxes, here's the insurance that we Okay, so it's like everything is like just more one place laid out like a like running it like a business and keeping those numbers where it's like I can always look at the numbers and know like where we're at with it with everything how much we paid in taxes you know and getting a good bookkeeper using QuickBooks like with it being a business it's there's there are things to keep track of and the more the better that you can do that I feel like the faster you can um, scale and, and, and it's and it's hard for you guys to teach all of that because I mean. This is stuff that we've learned just by doing, right? right. So, when, and the other thing that we're doing is we're letting people walk on us, right? So, you know, like COVID happened, right? So a lot of them got rent relief, which, you know, uh, was terrible. But, you know, like when they're late, we should be giving them a five-day notice, right? Right away. They're determining what they're going to do with us, which we can't have that anymore. Right. So we have to... Uh, we're talked about that from now on. After five days, you're getting a notice. Are you enjoying the show thus far? You know what they say, knowledge is not power, but rather it's the application of knowledge that is power. That's why we are excited to announce the new dates for our Build Your Empire three-day conference and property tour. At this game-changing event, you'll discover how to build lasting wealth with real estate, learn step-by-step methods, avoid common mistakes, and get insights from dozens of real estate and financial experts. If you are listening to the podcast, you know that real estate is a team sport, and we're here to introduce you to the local pros who can help you every step of the way. This event is your opportunity to walk through active real estate deals in Chicago and nearby neighborhoods. And the best part is, you can either attend live or virtually. Go to andrewhomesevents.com and get your early bird tickets now. At the event, you'll see properties being transformed into flips, rentals, or wholesale properties, giving you a rare and valuable learning experience outside the classroom. Meet and learn from successful students who've profited from our mentorship. Hear their stories and struggles, and discover how you can follow in their footsteps, regardless of your background or experience. And so much more. We also have a VIP package that will give you access to our exclusive networking sessions and an opportunity to connect and meet with Andrew himself. Plus, we even give you a hot lunch all of the days you are there. For more information and to secure your spot, visit andrewhomesevents.com. We sell out every time, so don't miss this opportunity to transform your real estate career.
We will see you at our next event. And now, back to the show. I want to reset this a little bit, right? Which is that you guys are doing this today, right? You may not even notice it because you don't think it's, it's just natural to you. Right? You guys do realize today you have two types of income. You have earned income, right? And then you have passive income. Passive income is your rentals, right? Six, seven, eight thousand that comes in every single month. You don't touch it. And we never right? had that before. Right. Exactly. Right. Right? This, I mean, this, this is a beautiful thing. Let me right. no, I mean, because we were, I mean, today we can go back and laugh about this, but you guys have this beautiful house, right? It's a beautiful pool in the back. And I mean, your damn basement is bigger than most people's houses. And, and we did that like right. Be- then we joined Master, right. and I was but, like, oh but my hold gosh. on, hold on. But at my point, and you know, uh, Miss Tina's like, but Andrew, you know, I want to finish the basement. I'm like, it's two of you and a boxer, right? <laughs> a dog, I mean, right? And I think you called me from an event. Right. No, no. And because like, I found out she was going to fix her basement. Right. And I'm like, this is a big bloody basement. By the time you're done, it's 56,000 bucks. And not that, listen, I'm nobody to go comment on your finances. Right. Age-wise. But you held me off, but, which was really smart. And my, my point not... was, you know, it's like a, a friend's job is not to say, oh, my God. Right. A friend's job is to say, hey, guys, listen, maybe a year or two, let's get everything straightened out and then you can go do that thing. Which right. is, I mean, it, if you want to do nice things, you should. But I think sometimes we want to basically want the toy before the cash flow comes in. Well, right. The cash flow is starting to come in. I was starting to get excited, like, oh, I could get this. And then you sort of held me off and you held me off for that, like, you know, that period of time that I needed to make sure that the cash flow really was coming right. in. And then we were able to buy. And like, then you can go. We were do able to buy like want. two more houses sure. within that time. Okay. And then it then it became a little a, a lot better to timing to do that. So what we talk about two incomes, right? One is your income where other people are running on a treadmill, which is your rentals and income comes into you, right? Yeah. And then there's other thing which um, most of us have to do, right? Uh, If you're actively working, what is your active income today? Because you do flips, obviously, like last couple of years, especially that made a lot of money. You guys did very well with those because the market timing was good. But you mentioned you're a home inspector, right? So how does that work in? You are a full-time real estate agent. Right. So I was working downtown as a paralegal. I was able through all of, you know, everything that has changed in our lives. I was able to stop working downtown because that was four hours a day of traveling. It was just really, really hard. Become a real estate agent, pursue something that I really wanted to do. And and it makes money, right. you know, so I was able to replace that income with a different style. Of income. Yeah. So right. I was not, you know, not in a position where I'm like, oh, I can just quit my job and, sure. you know, sit home, even though he calls me a squatter a lot. Right. He, he has a different opinion of life. But anyways, yeah, I did. I'm trying to give her cash for keys. Yeah, right. he's, he's, he's trying. He's like, she takes the leave. keys. Right. So, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I was able to replace it with real estate. He does um, home inspection. So it's like we have jobs basically that that's that's how we pay our bills. and these are your own businesses right that's how we go out to eat stuff like that like that's how we live we try not to touch like our what we call our sort of investment property like our whole goal with that is just to get things paid off and to continue to scale and purchase i don't know if i can ever retire right so so, as long as i'm part of mastery so i want (laughs) to i want to explain this right you were You've done building before, right? New construction, right? Uh, and you had just started uh, this business when you came to Mastery, right? Probably and obviously six months before. Six yeah. months before. And uh, Mastery, initially, obviously, we started out of Chicagoland, yeah. right? So there's thousands of people in Chicago that are in Mastery today, 
right? And you end up doing a lot of their property inspections, right? Probably 90% uh, of my business is mastery. I don't have time to go advertise to other people because right. we, we're still doing our own projects. Like right now, we have six projects going on right, right. now. So to do that and do, you know, this week I've probably done... I'm going to do 10 inspections this week. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot of time and, and I appreciate it. I mean, and hopefully I'm helping some of these because some of these people are just so afraid of their own shadow. Right. So, so as a home inspector, right. A lot of times I'll hear from people like just yesterday, somebody uh, saw somebody in a property and it's a little bit, the floor plan is a little quirky and uh, you went there. Right. And you're like, Hey, listen, you know, seems like it that the, House is off a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. It seems to have settled on this side, it seems to have settled on this side. There are issues. Not that it can't be fixed, but what is going to be the cost? So as a home inspector, generally a home inspector, oh my God, the window's broken. Why well, even I can see the window's broken. Mm -hmm. Oh, latch is broken, right? You do different type of home inspections a little bit because your job is not to point out, well, the house is ugly. We know the house is ugly, right? right? What are the most common things that you see from your end with the amount of inspections you've done today? Right. What are the things that you see for new investors? They're, they're afraid, for one. Their numbers don't ever make sense. Got right. It. So, not, not ever, but well, I mean, you if you're going to try to tell me you're going to do this house for twenty five thousand, that's a lot of money. Right? right. But to do what you're trying to accomplish, there's no way in God's green earth. I, I couldn't do it. Uh, I don't think you could do it. Right. I mean, you'd almost have to get the labor and materials for nothing, right? right? So so I do try to help with their budget. I do try to help with running their numbers while I'm there, you know, taking conservative ARVs, upping the rehab number just a little bit. Because if you're new, you're not getting the numbers that I'm going to get. Sure. I advocate that they maybe on their first deal or two, they, you get a GC that's uh, investor friendly that can maybe help them along the way to to teach them what order, what process. Because until you actually do a property, you don't know the permit. Like I'm telling Tina, if something happens to me, you should know how to do this business sure. inside and out. So now she's the one we're doing now. I've let her take the whole. I mean, I'm helping her just like sure. Jake, right? Sure. I mean, when they get in the weeds, I'll pull them out of the weeds, sure. but. The only way to learn is to do. To do. And, and, and if your numbers make sense on paper, and I inspect it, and I think that your numbers make sense, it's still okay to be afraid. Right. Right? Or nervous. But until you get a bunch of deals under your belt, you're not going to be nervous anymore when you have some reserves. Right? Because I've made mistakes. I've lost tens of thousands of dollars on properties because I tried to make the numbers work. Or the city got involved and made me do a bunch of stuff. It happens. And if you never lost money in this business, you're lying. Right. right? Because I don't believe it. Right. right? No, no. I mean, that, that is such a critical thing that if you've, if you've done a number of deals, right? I, I hear this from people all the time. They're like, Andrew, you know, yeah, man, we turn 100 flips a year. I'm like, um, how much money do you have in the bank? What do you mean? I'm like, well, it's a simple English question, right? If you... <laughs> Doing a oh, hundred. I mean, I, sometimes I laugh because the kind of silly things people will say, right, is, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we actually flip a hundred deals. Well, you make 30, 40, 50,000 a deal, sure. you better have three, four million each year to show for it, right? right? At least show me a million or two right. that you saved, right. right? And nobody has that. Right. And, and that's where a lot of times it's, it's either BS or you're lying either to yourself or to me. 
right? That this doesn't make it just because you touch a property, meaning you wholesale it, you flip it, you whatever. It's not how many transactions you do, right? It's how little you do to how much you make, right? A lot of times today, people take pride in, oh my God, I do so much. That's not the count of anything. The count is what is your net net bottom line. To same right? with how many rentals do you have. You know, if you have, you could have a lot of rentals and not a lot of cash flow, or you right. could have not very many rentals, but but have, have quite good a bit quality cash, cash flow. flow. And, right. we, and we so see that. So that's where we, we try to. And do. I see it too. I mean, with people that say, "Oh, I got twenty five properties." Well, right. you don't know the back end of that, right. right? Or like the flips. We've done better with less, you know, because the more you have, the less you can keep your eye on the prize, right? right. So. Uh, now you're dealing with multiple different contractors you don't know or people that you paid and then you don't get the work done. And so I, I say less is more sometimes. And that's kind of, I got picky, right? So instead of four and 500 cash flow, we want seven, eight, nine. I mean, what, the one we just did in Hazelcrest, our, our net right now is 1,100. That's not the exception at, or the whatever that. Not the rule, that's the exception. Except, so it's... Uh, but the, the exemption will go away and we'll be at to about 700. But but for the year, we're going to do 11th. I mean, that's great money to me. Plus, I like the properties. Right. You know, I don't like these weird layout properties like split levels or raised ranches, uh, ranch with the... I mean, our our business plan was to buy three bed, one bath, three bed, two bath on a slab. Right. All brick. Right. I think we have we, one like you yeah, couldn't find them all. Yeah. Yeah. So but I mean it, but they're good properties and I'm proud to, to say that's my property, right? right? Not some crap hole that you know I don't ever want to look at or be known as a slumlord. I'm I'm not that guy. So And yeah. one of the things I could say about him is that like as a home inspector, you know, I'm a real estate agent, so like, you know, when I use a home inspector, you, they do they inspect your home and then they're done. Where with him, it's like he is, he is out there doing the inspections with the people within mastery and everything. But it's so much more than an inspector because it's like they're, you know, they're able to call him after. It's like he genuinely cares about their success. And the one thing he says is he doesn't want to see anybody be one and done. So especially right. for new people, he doesn't want them to like, you know, do that one, that first deal. And it's like you're, you're already in trouble because right. you're not going to be able to keep going. So he wants you to never have to be one and done. Well, people and thought I was a cult than, in, the, in the beginning. With oh, pe- people thought Mastery was a cult, right? <laughs> well, no, they, just, they thought I was in a cult oh, because I would advocate for it because the network and the group of people that I've made a ton of really good friends. Because if you're in the real estate, that's you're 100, 100% in, yeah. right? I mean, what else do you do when you go to, out with your other friends? What do you talk about? Nothing. I mean, My whole nothing. life right. is real estate. So right. when you get around all these like-minded people, it's it's way different. It's uh, there's so many conversations. Like you, you just never run out of things to talk about because right. they're either talking about like rent control, they're talking about you know well, that's why this I, this village is doing this, this one's doing this, or like it, hey, but, what did you get? So it's but like, it's good because I mean everybody shares what they. We've like when so we much. had our party, we just had a party last summer, and what we have like two hundred and fifty people there, Mastery. and everybody's talking real estate. Everybody, right? it was so fun. It was, no, uh, I mean, you know what is unique we have with Mastery in Chicago is that not only are we in a big real estate market, right? We're all kind of we all drink the same Kool Aid, right? We we're happy if you succeed because yes. if you have more properties, uh, that doesn't mean I can't have more, right? right? The market and the place is so big. The marketplace in general is so big that there's no lack of. And we're all, what do doctors do whenever they all get together? 
right? Uh, they talk, uh, uh, you know, they talk whatever shop yes. is for them, right. right? A lot of times with real estate groups, with real estate places, you'll have people who do 50 things. My biggest problem with a lot of events people go to is you have 50 ideas that come at you. Uh, problem is nobody can implement that many ideas and it creates more confusion. Right. And leads you down the wrong path. What you have to do is pick one. It's picking the shiny object all the time. Yeah. It right. so stick to it. When I started, that was way. I mean, you, there's so many things. There's commercial real estate, right. apartments, single family, multifamily, short sales, right. uh, buying notes, uh, subject twos, uh, tax liens. I mean, you could just go on forever and ever, and you're just never going to learn it all. So right. learn something really well once, and then if you want to branch off from that, but you can't be all over the map. Right. It's just too hard to, you'd never, you'll never learn anything. Guys, this has been a pleasure. I'm excited that uh, you guys were uh, able to make it today because it's been fun being a part of your journey, right? Yeah. Going from where you guys uh, started to where you guys are today. So, hey, guys, always remember, share the podcast with your friends and family, and we will talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Cash Flow for Life podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on your chosen platform that you are listening to us on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with your friends. Achieving financial freedom is all about creating the necessary cash flow in your life. Our team has designed an entire ecosystem for you to be able to not only become a successful real estate investor, but for you to build higher cash flows month after month. Join our community at www.nationalreinvest.com to see which event is coming up that you can be a part of and how you can be a part of our community. Once again, it's www.nationalreinvest.com. We will see you on the next episode.